Hello, Internet, and welcome to episode 53 of Ancient Ways for Modern Days. With me today is Mike, and I am also one of the hosts here, Andrew. Mike, how are you doing today on this wonderfully snowy Pacific Northwest day? Oh, I'm great, man. I'm excited about the snow. That's good, dude. I, I, I was just thinking... I think when you're younger, you really enjoy snow, but as I've gotten older, I get colder faster, Yeah, and I'm starting to hate that a lot more. Is that, is that a thing? Yeah, I yeah. think you just become more aware and more sensitive, and yeah. Yeah. I remember as a kid, I'd be like, oh, it's snowing. I'll just go outside in my shorts and a t-shirt, and that's fine. I'm just playing for like 20 minutes, but now I'm like, oh, this is the worst. I'm going to try that. It's like most teenage boys, right? You, yeah. You, they want to wear shorts and a t-shirt no matter what the weather is. And that's, at least in the Northwest, that's how most teenage boys roll. It's, you know? It seems like that. Yeah. So, so Mike, aside from uh, the snow that's coming down here, man, how are you? How are, how are you in the family? Oh, things are, things are fun in the Freeman household right now. The kids are, they're super excited about the potential of snow. I think I saw it's six inches, maybe eight inches, maybe 12 inches, maybe. Yeah. And, and so, uh, everyone is, is gearing up. They got their, their snow gear out and okay. they are ready to roll. And so it should be kind of fun, at least for those who have kids and are not having to travel a whole lot. Right. Yeah. How about you? How are you, uh, feeling about the snow? I, I'm excited in the sense that I went out and I got a snow shovel the other day. And that was, that was the extent of my preparation for it. I was going to ask you, uh, do you feel like you can handle snow well in the sense of like driving around in it and, and everything else. Yeah. yeah I, I feel like I'm, I'm fine. I mean, I try to be pretty precautious. Okay. I, I was talking to some of our church members last night who are from like South Dakota or North Dakota. One of, one of the Dakotas okay. yeah. over there. I know who you were talking yeah, about. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, this isn't going to be a big deal. Why are people freaking out about this? And I reminded them like in the Northwest, uh, for some reason, when we have like an inch and a half, we just shut everything down because we don't know what to do. Well, I was, I was talking to a guy actually yesterday who was in our, our guy's morning theology group, yeah. and he was telling me, he used to live in Spokane, he said the, the snow on the west side is different than the, the snow on the east side, okay. right? Or even okay. the Midwest. It's, it's a wetter snow. It's a, a more of a kind of a freezing snow, a more of an icy snow. Ah. Versus he said, the other, the other side, he said, it could be like, you know, 10 inches of snow, and you could just plow through it, and you're Subaru, no problem whatsoever, because okay. it's powdery, and he yeah. says... Here, it just, it tends to be like icy more. And so driving, yeah. he, he thinks it's harder over here. And so I okay. think, I think that's part of it is just kind of the, yeah, that, and I think we're not used to it. So. Uh, so I was like, I like to hit on the fact that we're not used to it. Do you, do you remember like 2008, 2009 when we had like a lot of snow? Like you were probably in Federal Way yeah. at the time. How did, how did Federal Way handle that? Because I have a story about Longview. Oh man, Longview it, it messed us up. In fact, I was working late that night uh -huh. and, uh, and I had a giant hill I had to come up, and that hill, just cars everywhere. I ended up parking my car and walking home okay. that night. And it was a pretty fun walk because I ended up climbing through this hill, like off-road, because I yeah. knew a shortcut that I could take. And I don't know, I think I almost died, and I had oh, to trespass in some people's yards, but uh, but I made it home, and okay. it was kind of a fun adventure. Dude, what's, your, what's your story so, for that So night? it backs up. So I was in college at the time, and I remember like, I was winter break and I was going to come home for winter break anyway. And I had finished a church service with my, my church down in Newburgh and I was going to drive up to, to Longview and like between Newburgh and Longview, it should take like an hour. hour and a half. I don't remember how long it takes, but I remember it took me four hours to get home and I slid so much. I almost slid into a couple of semis, like oh, yeah. park semis and stuff. It was nuts going up I five. But my favorite thing is when I got to Longview, we had like, I think like it was like eight to 12 inches of snow. And we had a couple layers of snow because it, it snowed, then it 
rained and it made ice and it snowed yep, again. Yep, yep. Well, Longview at the time was so ill prepared that we didn't have snow plows. And I remember reading that they're like, this is what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to Parks and Rec is going to just take a bunch of our dump trucks and we're just going to drive all around the city and just pack the snow so they'll make paths for people. And I remember hearing about that and watching that. I'm like, this is a terrible idea because you're just making ice. And there were accidents and things like that that happened. I, wow. So to for people listening uh, up here in the Northwest, yeah, we are. We are. Well, at least we were very ill prepared because we just don't know what to do when that's there's that much snow. Yeah. But I saw in the last few years that we finally have like snow plows here in town. So I'm hoping that this time around it's not going to be yeah. stupid. <laughs> now, does your car, you got a new car, does it yeah. have four wheel drive? It has all wheel drive. Okay. I'm actually good. not quite sure the difference between all wheel drive and four wheel drive. It'll, it'll work just fine. Okay. You're just fine. Yeah. That's what, that's what I thought. But I don't. I'll be honest with you, I, uh, I already bought all my groceries and stuff that I need for the next few days, and I, I'm just ready to hunker down. You're just going to hunker down. Oh, yeah. I'm going to play Smash Bros. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got, we've got plans at Valley to hunker down if need be, and so today we're actually filming for mm-hmm. the weekend. We're hoping to have weekend services, but obviously this is coming out after our weekend. But if, uh, if it's severe weather and it's not safe to be driving and all that, we, we may end up just using what we filmed today as our weekend services and, and we'll make it make it as good as we can for those who yeah. can tune in. And, and this kind of the blessing of the digital age, I guess. It is. I think, I, I, I know this is going to come out after the weekend, but like moving forward, if you're listening to us and we have like another snow day, I, I, safety is so important to us. It's, 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 it's a big thing. And there are some people, especially for our campus that's on the hill, um, it's crazy. And so like, I, I, I hope people don't feel bad. Like if we open the church doors for those of us who can make it, we, we, we make it, but if you can't make it, don't feel bad yeah. about that. We're, we're trying today to make sure that everybody's going to be able to hear the word preached where we're pre-recording things. We're going to send it out. So we, I, I don't know. I just, the last time we had a snow day, I know there were some people who were like, well, this is crazy. I'm not going to be able to make it. I feel bad. I'm like, well, don't feel bad. Yeah. Just stay home. Like yeah. it's fine. You're still in the fellowship. And, and we get, we know it's not the same and we know people would rather be in person and you know, we really miss it when we can't see folks, but the, the end of the day is, you know, one weekend Yeah, because you know, you can't drive safely, especially if you're on the Hills and stuff. I mean, if you're just in the Valley, you might be able to make it to the Pacific way pretty easy, but, but if you're on the Hills and whatnot, or you're far out of town, it's just, you know, t- take a weekend off, watch it at home and yeah. we'll see you next weekend. You it, know? This whole year has been a blessing in the sense of we've learned how to do things online. Like I remember the last time I was putting together our severe weather plan, I was like, we got to figure out how to do live streaming. And here we are like old hat. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. So with, with that said, actually there's a lot of, uh, technologically new happening within our, our church, within the church. Um, one of the things I'm very excited about is faith life equip, uh, Stephen, our, our newest staff member, has been uh, speaking to Faith Life for a couple of weeks now. I, I'm impressed by him, by Stephen, because he responds to those sales emails. Every time I see an email from people like that, I'm always like, this is just an automated thing. But Stephen's actually been like talking to them and like having these conversations. I was like, oh, that's a real person. <laughs> I didn't know that. You know? <laughs> but, but now we're, we're hooked up. We're, we're getting hooked up with some pretty cool stuff. Steven you know, doesn't know how the ministry games played yet. <laughs> <laughs> right. Cause he's about to get bombarded with all sorts of people yeah. trying to sell him. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Steven, if you're listening to this, make sure to sign up for Nelson Searcy. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. More so, emails and you know what to do. Yeah. With. To, to be honest with you, church growth and in many ways, it's an industry just like any other industry. And there are people who have products and yeah. they are working hard to, 
to make sales and all that stuff. So at the end of the day, we, you know, it, it, there are a lot of helpful tools out there, right? There are, that, yeah. That's the, there are a lot of helpful tools at the end of the day though, the word of God and the spirit of God and the people of God, that's where it's at. Yeah. But, um, yeah. But that said, we are rolling out uh, something called faith life and, and there's kind of like two ways to think about it. There's kind of a behind the scenes, which is more exciting for our staff because yes. we're going to be on a different kind of uh, hosting site and we're going to have some different tools for how we manage the church and, and kind of make life easier um, for our worship teams and all that stuff. That's kind of behind the scenes. And so for the average person, they're like, whatever, right? Mm-hmm. They, they don't even necessarily see that. But but in, in front of everyone, there's a cool a few cool things that are going to happen, right? And I, I like to think about it in three, three realms. The first of all is there, our church is going to have access to Faith Life TV, yeah. which is kind of like a Netflix of of Christian resources mm-hmm. that includes, you know, kids shows. It includes some some drama and some movies, some historical things. It also has, I think, about five hundred different courses that people can take on oh, on Bible and books of the Bible and theology. There's courses on Greek and Hebrew. There's courses on history and philosophy. Yeah, and even courses on ministry and things like that. And so people will have this this gigantic resource that they can tap into if they want to learn, if they want to learn on their own, if they want to learn in a group. And that kind of leads into the next tool is they'll actually have um, access to Logos Bible software. Yes. And they'll get a basic package of, uh, basically they'll have 300 Bible resources. They'll have instant access to where they can, um, you, you know, study. They can have historical backgrounds. They can have theology. I think there's there's even some original language and some dictionaries and stuff like that in there. And just to allow people, if they're reading their Bible, they say, hey, I want to go a little deeper in this. And they now all of a sudden they have a, an amazing library they can access to. And, and you and I have been using this library for years. And, you know, it's kind of fun because you build your library over time. And so, I, you know, I was introduced to this, I don't know how many years ago. And so over time, you know, you build it and you build it and you build it and, and then it becomes an addiction. And uh, it, it does, you know? <laughs> yeah. So that that's like the second thing. The third thing is um, that kind of social media side of things. Yep. And there's a... Uh, basically a, a function where we have our own kind of valley um, posting or, or board. I don't know how yeah, to use forum. Think of it like a, it's uh, more of a forum. Think of like Facebook specifically for Valley. Yeah. Only Valley members. I mean like people who are part of Faith Life can be a part, but there's going to be a very Valley specific thing. And if you're not part of Valley, but you have, like, you're listening, you're from another church, you can actually make a group for your own church Yeah, and where you guys can post prayer requests. You guys can uh, connect with each other, check in with, you know, with one another. It, you can make subgroups for life groups. And that's how you get connected. And it, it's like an online directory where people, they start to fill out their own directory and you get to know other people within the church from a digital perspective. Because especially for us, we have multiple campuses, mm-hmm. right? So here's an opportunity for people who go to different campuses, who go to different services, still connect under the umbrella of Valley and see pictures and see photos and really live life with one another. Yeah, and it's going to be kind of an easy access point for things like our... Uh you know, um, sermon notes and if we have announcements or happenings, Mm -hmm. if there's events, all that stuff, it'll be like a a one-stop place to to find information for the church at large. And and then even kind of like it's down to your own group. You can have your, your life group. I think about my life group. We've had 
people join our group, people leave our group, and sometimes our text threads don't include the right people. And this mm-hmm. will be a place where everyone in our group can tap into through an app, actually. That's right. And, um, and so it's kind of exciting. I, I think it's going to be good. But I think we talked about it more than we planned to today. But, yeah, uh, yeah. But it is, it's an exciting um, kind of innovation. Yeah, so just be on the lookout for that. We're, we're Stephen and I are solely working on different aspects of it just to get it rolled out to, to our people. And there, there's a lot of questions as to why we'd want to do this over like continuing to use Facebook or something. But honestly, it's it's going to be better. It's going to be honestly safer too, in the sense that like Facebook is there, they give you, they offer you a free service because you are the product being sold to businesses. Businesses buy ad revenue from Facebook, and this here they're not they're not trying to aggregate your your data. They're just creating a platform for us to connect as a church because they're going to make their money when you get addicted to bu- building your library. That's how they're going <laughs> to make their <laughs> make their money. So hey, but speaking of life groups, uh, this last weekend we put out a survey. We did. Yeah, just trying to kind of help people filter into groups available. And it kind of gives us a direction for when we launch some new life groups, what what to aim for so we can help more people within our our church. Yeah. Mike, I know you you lead a life group right now, but you are about to spawn out and and start some other life groups, right? Mm -hmm. Um, How how are things going for you and your life group? Yeah, so... um well, first of all, we, we are, you know, we're, we're kind of relaunching life groups and we want to uh, connect with people where they are. That's what that survey's for. Mm-hmm. And so we know some people, they're, they're looking for a life group that's only online right now. And so this is your way to say, hey, I'm, I'm at home. I want to connect more so we can, we can help get you connected to a Zoom life group. Yeah. Others are ready to, to meet in person, things like that. And so my life group is doing really great. Um, it's been going for a while from the beginning. We've kind of said, hey, this isn't like, hey, we're going to be best friends forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, well, I'm always going to love these people. And it's amazing. It's been a, a, an incredible journey with them. But we've kind of come to the spot where we say it's time for us to open up and multiply is the word yeah. we're using. So more people can jump in and experience it. And so we're that's our intent in the next month or so is we're going to branch out. And I'm not sure exactly how we're going to do it, um, but we're going to go from one group to two groups. And uh, and it's pretty exciting, actually. Um, Randy and Akela Williamson, I'll shout out for them. They're, they're, uh, they're going to be taking over leadership role. That's and, so cool. And they're going to be kind of, I mean, they just, they care for people. They care for God's word. They, they already host it and mm-hmm. they already love people. And so it's going to be pretty cool to see them and, and what God does is they continue just to lead. That's so good. And I, 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 we bang this drum all the time, but life groups, that's, that's where it's at. When we talk about community, when we talk about a community of faith where people can come and they can struggle together, they can work through the word of God together, they can pray together, they can sing praises together. There's, it's not the same when like, it's, it's cool when you come to a church and we're all unified as we sing praises to God and, and we're hearing the word, but it's like a, uh, it's like a bad first date in, in many ways. You know, like when you, I don't know if you ever, when was the last time you were on a first date, but like... <laughs> <laughs> but like you know if you go to a movie you, you sit there when was the last time i was on a first date yeah <laughs> it's been a while right <laughs> yeah I'm, now you make me do math man 19 1999 there you go you asked yeah all right there you go all right was that with jess yeah all right well good <laughs> like, like, 1999 man Wow, that's yeah. pretty good. But all I was getting at <laughs> is that dating is what you want. Well, you have to answer the question too. When was the last time I was on a first date? Yeah. Let's see here. It's in 2019. What year did you show up? 2018. 
so 2018 was the last time I was I had a first date, and that was to uh, Seaside. All right, anyway. so friends, listeners, yeah. th- those who care for Andrew, take note. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about anymore. I don't, but. No, so I was just going to say that like life groups are important because like on a first date or something like that, typically you want to get to know someone. And I, I like, for me, I like to sit across or sit and engage with him. But if you go see a movie and that's, that's all you do, you don't go have dinner or anything like that. It's like you went and you watched a movie, but your, your attention is on this one thing and you're experiencing something cool, but you don't always get to know the person like next to you. And life groups is that, you know, as opposed to like a service, like let's go beyond just let's, let's, let's actually get into the lives of our fellow church members. And right. so that's what life groups are all about, man. Gotcha. So yeah, <laughs> first dates. <laughs> oh, the places you will go. Yeah. So, Hey, uh, I, I guess since we're talking about like the sufferingness of my, of my, uh, single life and stuff like that today, we're talking about Jonathan Edwards' uh, suffering, all right? His yes, resolutions on suffering. That's a great segue. <laughs> well done. Nicely done. <clears throat> so we started the new year talking about resolutions and yeah. not resolutions in the classic sense like, hey, I want to lose weight and I'm going to think about it for a couple of days and then by February, I'm going to forget about it. We're talking about resolutions in terms of life resolutions. Right. Like yeah. as in resolving to be... Yeah, the direction our life is going. And so we've talked about his kind of overall life resolutions. We've talked about his resolutions with relationships and with time management. And uh, and so we're just going to continue to work through some of these, not in order, but in thematically kind of kind of combined resolutions. And today we're going to talk about suffering. Yeah. And this is a reality all of us face. Mm -hmm. Everyone suffers from time to time and in different ways. Some suffer more than others. Um, sometimes suffering comes from just out of nowhere and just puts you flat on your back. Sometimes it's kind of a slow process and you see the train coming. Um, sometimes suffering is relationships. Sometimes suffering is physical. Mm -hmm. Sometimes suffering is financial, right? Sometimes suffering even is spiritual or or mental or emotional. I think people, I mean, you've listed off so much and people need to Remember that, like, because we live in a fallen world, like, pain, death, and suffering is a very real part of our existence, even as believers. Maybe even more so as believers, as our hearts break, as we see, like, brokenness be made plain to us, as we see what people call right, what's actually wrong, and we see the destruction that it brings. Suffering is a very real aspect of our of our faith. I know, I know there are a lot of people who teach that, like, you know, if you have Jesus, then everything's going to be great. I, I keep thinking about like that, that Newsboys song, like wherever we go, that's where the party's at. And it's, it's a terrible reality. Like that's not how it is for Christians. Christians, like they suffer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Paul tells Timothy, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, that's, that's kind of a reality. You, you, you will not you won't always be the life of the party. Yeah. You, you will, if you hold the biblical convictions and and truth is revealed in Scripture, uh, there will be times of of difficulty and uh, and suffering. And so Jonathan Edwards he realized this, and um, and so he has four resolutions around how he's going to respond to suffering, how he's going to respond to difficulty or harsh hardship. And um, man, these are these are golden. Because you know, if we're willing to resolve to have the same mindset, and these are biblical, uh, kind of biblically informed resolutions, if we resolve to do that, I think we will suffer in a way that is completely different than the world. And, and in that, I think we'll find joy and hope even in our suffering, right? 
And so uh, let's jump into these. Um, yeah. You know, it, number nine, his resolution number nine, he says resolved. This is, it's almost morbid, but it's not, right? He says resolved to think much on all occasions of my dying and of the common circumstances which attend death. Here's what he says. He says, I'm going to regularly think of the reality that I'm going to die and that the circumstances around that are not going to be pleasant. Well, yeah. You know, that's kind of, kind of morbid, right? Like, um, and think about death all bit. the time. Yeah. But, uh, the reality is all of us are one day closer to death today than we were yesterday. And, uh, you, you want to mess with the middle schooler's mind. You, you say, Hey, since the day you were born, you've been dying. Right. I mean, that, yeah. cause, cause young folks, young people, they, they don't, they don't think in those terms. They don't. Right. But, but that's the reality of, of life. The reality of life is we're aimed at death. We, we're moving toward that. And so Jonathan Edwards, he, in a sense, he embraces that reality and he says, I am going to regularly think about the fact that, that I am not going to live forever. He says, I'm going to realize the number of my days, they're limited. I, I'm not going to, in this present body, on this, this current earth, I'm not going to live forever, right? And this is reflected in the scripture. You know, you got Psalm 139, 16. You want yeah. to read that for yeah, us? It says, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Yeah. Before you lived one day, God had written every one of your days. He knows the exact number, right? That, that means, you know, if I have 50 more years on earth or 10 more years on earth or, or a day, who knows, right? That, that means it's going to be no surprise to God when my end comes. Now, I hope to live here as long as I can for, to be fruitful and to be able to, to care for my family and pastor a church and all of that. But that means that I need to learn what Psalm 90 verse 12 says. It says, so teach us to number our days that we may get a heart of wisdom. This is, I need to number my days. I need to make every day count. Yeah. If, if, I've got, if I've got 10 days left, how am I going to spend those next 10 days? Mm-hmm. Uh, am I going to spend them making sure I've watched every TV show I want to watch? Am I going to spend them wa- reading every fiction book I can? Am I going to spend them watching sports and TV and all that? Or, or I'm, I'm going to spend them with my loved ones and with those who don't know the Lord doing everything I can to, to solidify in them as best as my ability will allow the yeah. reality of the gospel. Right. And that's, and that's what it seems like to be thinking about your death is what propels us to be intentional. If you think you're going to live forever, then you think that every day is frivolous. But if we're, if Jonathan Edwards is thinking about his death, he knows his, his end is coming. And just like you're saying, he's counting his days, trying to make every day count. That's actually a really common practice amongst, uh, what is it, like the highly, the seven habits of highly effective people is just begin with the end in mind. Like, how do you want to meet your end? And so that, that puts intention and purpose behind anything and everything. So it's not really morbid to think about your death. It's just to know that like you only have so much time. So let's, let's make the most of it. That's right. And it makes me think, you know, who are the people in your life? If you had one day left that you have not make a, made amends with, or who are the people in your life that if you had a week left to live that you'd want to make sure that you took time to say, hey, let me, let me explain to you who Jesus is. Let me share with you the gospel. That that's, creates a sense of urgency and a sense of awareness about the, the spiritual reality that others face, right? And so that's, that's resolution number nine. And then he continues, resolution number 10, if you want to read that for yeah. us. Resolved, when I feel pain, to think of the pains of martyrdom and of hell. 
last night, actually, I introduced martyrdom to the youth ministry. I, it's actually interesting that there are people who don't know what martyrdom is. Can you can you lay that out for a second? Yeah, well, martyr is actually the same word for witness in oh. much of the New Testament, okay. right? So to be a martyr is someone who you're a witness to the claims of Christ, and and it costs you your life. So you end up paying with your actual life. So you, you taught on Stephen last night. Jade and I taught about it this morning as we were um, working out a little bit this morning. And we talked about it. And, and, you know, he remembered what we taught and it was good. And he actually came back to almost a, a point for our previous resolution just a moment ago oh, really? that, that okay. you shared. And he said, Andrew said, he said, how much do you have to hate someone not to tell them about Jesus? Right? Yeah. That, that's a kind of connects with that last thought, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you really love someone, you, you want to share, right? Mm-hmm. But with, with this resolution, he says, when I feel pain, when, when I, when I suffer, he says, I want my mind to go in, in really two separate directions. One is to think about the pain of the martyrs. Yep. So that, that's pretty sobering, right? Like, oh man, someone's picking on me or, oh man, mm-hmm. I stubbed my toe or, oh man, I, you know, I broke my arm or, oh man, I, I've got to deal with a, a terrible disease. But I'm not being stoned to death right now. Right. Uh, I'm not being burned at a stake. Uh, I'm not being tortured or beheaded uh, like we have brothers and sisters around the world right now mm-hmm. in, in current modern day world. The modern day world being, yeah. being martyred for their faith, and that that makes me think. Oh, well, you know what? I'm not going to complain about this. But then the the other the other thought, the other direction his mind goes is to think about the pains of hell. Yeah. Right to say, well, what I'm suffering right now doesn't compare with that at all, and so in a sense, that gives me an endurance to say, oh, I don't have to experience that. I've been saved mm-hmm. because Jesus, because He suffered for me through His death and His resurrection. Now, I will never experience the eternal torment of of being forever separated from everything good and everything right and everything pure and everything lovely. I, I won't be separated from God. Right. Yeah. And so that's a, again, that's, that's a great way to think about it. And there, there's a great scripture that goes along with this. If you want to read Matthew 10, 26 through 33. Yeah. Uh, starting at 26, right? Yes. Yep. It says, so have no fear of them for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. And do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both the soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even as the hairs of your head are numbered, fear not. Therefore, you are, more val- you are of more value than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men... I will also acknowledge before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my Father who is in heaven. Yeah. You know, so much in this, right? And, and you kind of, I had you read the extended passage because context here is really, it's amazing because it's, it's talking about don't fear. Don't fear the things of this world. Don't fear the things of this life. Instead, you're, you're to have a fear, which is a reverence, right? Like a, mm-hmm. a, a, a the one who can kill not just your body, but your soul. But we don't have to fear him in a sense of like, he's going to crush me because we know he's not going to destroy our soul. Why? Well, because of our worth to him. And specifically because we've acknowledged Christ because we're aligned with, with Jesus Christ because we acknowledge Christ here on earth in the midst of people who don't love Christ. 
and we face persecution for that, well, Jesus is going to acknowledge us before the, the Father in heaven. That's right. And so this is just an incredible trade-off, and it, you know, it's an encouragement and a challenge. So that, that's resolution 10. If we keep going, resolution 67, Edwards writes, he says, resolved, after afflictions to inquire what I am the better for them, what good I have got by them, and what I might have got by them. And so kind of wordy, but he says, after I've gone through something difficult, I'm going to, I'm going to inquire or think about or, or realize, well, how have I grown because of that? Mm -hmm. Right. What good came? Like, how did God produce something good, even in my suffering? And then also like, what might I have got by them? Like, what did I miss? (laughs) Or, or what do I need to learn that I'm, I'm kind of maybe hard hearted or stubborn about learning? Um, and so he says, think about your afflictions and what you can be learning from them. You know, what are some of the things that you think about that often God is teaching us in our afflictions? Man, there's so many things. Oftentimes I feel like God is teaching patience. Other times, honestly, I think God is teaching just just strength of character as well, too. As we, So I think about uh, my, my family, we, we have deep-rooted anger. Right. And I remember as a young man, I used to get so angry that I would like, I would black out and I would come to like, I'd come to myself and realize like I'd thrown a tantrum or something. And I remember being a young man getting so angry at one point in time that I scared someone that I really cared about. And I re- had resolved like, okay, I'm never going to get this angry again. I repented of it. I, I tried to like give it over to God. But there was a situation a couple of years ago here, here at our church that I was so ticked that I, I started to go down this road again. Luckily I was like, I wasn't around him, but I realized what was happening in my mind. And I felt like going through this, this frustration, this affliction, this, this argument that I had with someone outside of our church that it brought to my mind, here is this next area of repentance. Like here's, here's, here has, or God's grace has gotten me this far. And now I feel like I felt like God was just like, but now let's take this deep rooted anger. That's even deeper now in you. Let's go to another level to learn greater patience and, that for me, like it, it was, it was frustrating at that moment to go through that, but kind of like taking the time to like, to, I, I like what Jonathan Edwards is doing because he's saying, "What is God doing through this?" And that's that's the question I was asking myself, like, "What is God doing through this?" And in me, for me, I've, God was revealing, Andrew, there is still some anger here, there is still unhealthiness, there is still sin here that I need to grow through. So that's that's something that comes to my mind when I think of that. Absolutely, I think your character is formed. I think He uses affliction to grow us in holiness. Mm-hmm big time. And, and I think we, we forget that as modern day Christians. I think holiness can be a kind of a, an afterthought or not like a, a goal, but like if you're going through difficulty, God is trying to purge the, the stubbornness and the selfishness out of you. And one of the best ways to do it is through suffering. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that, so that's, that's part of it. I think it trains us in endurance you know, that, that patience, that aspect that you're thinking about is like, how do I endure in this? Right. But I also think that one of the ways that, that we grow in our affliction is learning to depend on Christ. Yes. Right. And so we are not meant to be independent beings like, Oh, I don't need God. Or I only do him once in a while. Like we, we are meant to like recognize that everything about us is dependent on him. Right. And so we've talked about this before on our podcast, but the breath we breathe, well, that's coming from the one who sustains all things, Jesus Christ, right now. And we're dependent on him for that. So God, thank you for this breath we're breathing right now, right? And, and when you are suffering, 
when you are in pain, when you're in turmoil, usually you do one of two things. You either push God away mm -hmm. in anger or you, you really, you lean into him and you say, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to believe you're good. I'm going to ask you to strengthen me. I'm going to ask you to help me to endure this. Even if the pain doesn't go away, I'm going to ask you to help me be a man of God or a woman of God in this moment to have my character fashioned the way you were just describing. And I think that's been a lot of what 2020 and into 2021 has been with yep. COVID, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that we have suffered. You know, I, I don't think we've had the worst suffering ever. Right. But, but. People have died. I know people who have had COVID and who have passed away from it. It's been harmful for families. It, uh, you know, mm -hmm. you see the suffering of the isolation, yeah. not just people dying because of COVID, but you, you know, there are people that are in deep pits of depression. Mm -hmm. Some are increasing their drug use. Some are increasing their alcohol use. Some have taken their lives. Like this is, this is a reality that we've been in this last year, all of this pain and, and yet God, he's right there in all of it saying, I can get you through this. Right. If you'll depend on me, if you'll trust me, if you'll trust that I'm faithful, even if you feel like world, the world's not going the way you want to, man, your character can grow. Your faith can grow. You can be strengthened as a person who's following Christ. Think, I, I think about the series we did on the fruit of the spirit. I think about... Right now, if you are a believer in the year 2021 that you have gone through, for us here in, in Washington, next month, it'll be a year. It'll be a year since the initial lockdowns and all these things that have happened. Businesses are closing left and right. People are concerned about you know providing for their families. People are concerned about businesses that they have. People are concerned about health and isolation and all these things. At the end of this year, or at the end of this, this time period that we've had with COVID, just like you're saying, because of the afflictions, the uncomfortableness that we have, we, we have either gotten closer to God and now we've experienced his grace and we've gotten closer and, and maybe God has revealed where we had idols in our lives, where maybe we trusted in ourselves and we trusted in our ability to work to provide for our family. But now God's saying, no, trust in me and I will provide for your family. And maybe at this moment in time, as you've gone through these things, you are, you are closer to God. Or like what you just said with these afflictions, you've gone the other direction and you've, you're angrier and you're more bitter, and you're more frustrated, which honestly becomes like this crazy destructive tornado in this cycle. Mm -hmm. I love that series because in that one, when we're called to repent, we're called to just wake up. You know, I, I like the idea that Jonathan Edwards in this, in this resolution in 67, he anticipated that hard times, that affliction was going to come. And that he knew that this could drive him away, but he wanted to have the attitude going into it. Like, I know that God is at work and I want to trust that he's teaching me something. What is that? And that, I think that's something for us to hold on to, especially as we are dealing with the rest of the 2020s. Who knows what's coming down the road for us for the next decade or so. But we, God is still good. God is still seated on his throne. I want to experience as much of his grace as I can as, as we continue to move forward. Who knows what that'll look like? Yeah. Scripture takes it one step further than Edwards even here, right? Because James chapter one, verses two through four says, count it all joy, my brothers. He says, consider everything, consider it joy. Why? When? When you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness or endurance. And let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. James says, when you face suffering, 
You are to count it joy because God is perfecting your character. You are being tried by fire Mm -hmm. and it's purging all of the impurities out so that you'll be refined and you will have that character, that maturity that actually reflects who Christ is and what he's done. So that's that's 67. And and then 57, uh, if we want to finish there, you read it for us, Andrew? Yeah, 57. Resolved, when I fear misfortunes and adversity to examine whether I have done my duty and resolve to do it and let the event be just as providence orders it. I will, as far as I can, be concerned about nothing but my duty and my sin. Mm-hmm. So he, he, here he says, when I am going through these difficulties, he says, I'm going to have two, two concerns. Concern one is what is my duty in this moment? What is my responsibility? And then the second concern is what is my sin? <laughs> Where is my selfishness? Where is my um, greed? Where is my, you know, stubbornness or my unrepentant heart that's keeping me from experience or growing through this? Right? He's saying, in in whatever happens, those that's what I'm going to focus on. And then he says, I'm going to do this other thing. I'm going to I'm going to let the event be just as providence orders it. Now this is recognizing that God has His hand working in all things. Yeah. So he says, I can't I can't control. I can't make COVID end, right? I'm going to trust in God's providence in it. And the entire time, I'm going to focus on what is my responsibility here. And I think this is really, really important because I think many, many people with our current world, with the news cycle, with the, the age of information, with how easy it is to get on to watch the news or read it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Most of us, we spin our wheels being upset at the way things are Mm -hmm. and we feed on the news cycle. And and we do that instead of what can I do right now in my life? Who can I serve? How can I make things better? How can I provide for my family and for my community? How can I share with those in my church? How can I make life better in, in what I can control? Instead, most of us are stressed out and anxious over what, what can't we can't control, control yeah. right? And I, I just, I love this because he says, you know what? I'm, I'm going to make it really simple. I'm going to make it really simple. What is my responsibility right now? Right. Well, some of us, our responsibility is to get up and take a shower <laughs> and, and get to work. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting there and you're like, well, I don't have a job. Well, your job is to find a job. Yeah. So get up and take a shower don't sit on your couch all morning. Mm-hmm. Like, get up early. Do what you can do. Act like you got a job, and then do everything you can. I know it's applying online and all that stuff, right? That's mm-hmm. your responsibility. Yeah. Maybe, maybe you're at home with the kids. What's your responsibility? Well, I'd say get up before your kids yeah. and care for them, and teach them, and disciple them, and correct them, and love on them, and pray with them, and sing with them. Right? All of those things. You might not be able to change the next executive order that comes down from the president. You might be, not be able to change what the your governor is going to demand next or command next. You know what you can change? How you're caring for yourself yeah. and how you're caring for your community, right? You know, that, that, that goes along with a line of, of, of a philosophy that I learned when I was in college called the spheres of influence. Have we talked about this? I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast. Okay, but, but I, honestly, but this is how, like, especially, like, this is what I've focused on this entire year as we've done this whole, all this COVID stuff, because there's a lot of things outside of our control and there are a lot of things within our control. And so the, the way it's described to me is that think of a uh, two concentric circles. So there's a circle and then in, and around that circle is an even larger circle. The big, big circle are the things that you cannot influence. 
And those are the things that most people, they focus on. Like if you watch the news, you read about all these things that are happening. You get worried. You get anxious about all these things. You, you can't influence. If there's a war happening in Iraq, if there's a war happening, if there's a drug abuse problem that's happening in Washington, D.C. and all these things, but you live in Longview, Washington, you can get upset about it. You can get worried about it. You can focus all your attention on that. But what happens is that that smaller circle that's within that large circle, the things you can influence, if you don't pay attention to that, that, that circle actually gets smaller. Because you start to not pay attention to the fact that you should be showering, that you should take care of your family, that you should take care of you. So you start to lose your influence about those things that, that you, sh- you can influence. They're directly within your sphere. But the, the philosophy behind that is like if you, you can be aware of the things out there in, in the bigger circle, but if you're faithful to the things that you can influence and for the glory of God and just trust God, but, but again, with the, in, the, in the terms of duty, do what God has called you to do with the things that have been brought to you, what you'll find is that your sphere of influence actually begins to grow mm-hmm. from there. And from there, you actually will start to be able to have the opportunities to impact things that you weren't able to impact before because you've been faithful with what's in front of you. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that someday you're going to be like the president or someday you're going to be like a world leader or something, but the, the, the point still stands is like, if you want to make a difference in your community, start at home. Yeah. Jesus says, if you're faithful with little, you'll be given more, yeah. right? I tell my kids, I say, you know, the reward for doing good work is more work. Yeah. And, and I, I say that like as a good thing, because kids naturally, they push against, I don't want to do more work. I want to go play video games. No, the reward for, for doing good work is, is to, to receive more responsibility, greater responsibility, more important responsibility. That should be our, our vision as believers. We should be just, just so passionate about doing whatever our responsibilities are so well that the Lord, he entrusts more to us, right? And I would even take those circles, that illustration is a great illustration. And I would take it a little bit further because uh, actually my mentor, he, he taught me this, right? That big circle, our response to those things we can't control is to trust. Yeah. To trust and pray, mm-hmm. right? But, but that's it. What's our responsibility for the things in the smaller circle? Our, our responsibility there is to obey, yeah. to obey what God has commanded for us to do in, in our circle. That, that's, that's, that's how those work. Most of us, we want to fix the outside, the big one, mm-hmm. and ignore the little one. Like yeah. even those the smallest tasks, right? Clean your dishes, brush your teeth, right? So many of us, we, we've become so maybe uh, comfortable in life that we don't, our bed isn't even made, you know, like day after day, our bed's not made. These little things aren't done. And we don't realize that's us not being responsible for the things God's placed us over. And we should be striving to be responsible with the little things. Then God will add the next level. Yeah. So, and that's in his resolution, he talks about providence and that that's goes the idea of just trusting that God is still at work. God yeah, is at work in those things. Matthew six twenty seven. he says, and which of you by being anxious, the big circle, yeah. those things you can't control can add a single hour to his span of life. Your worry does nothing. So, so instead of worrying, trust in God and his providence, and then be concerned with your duty. And the, the flip side of that, or the, the other part of that is, and your sin. Mm-hmm. So where am I being? lazy. Yeah. That's a sin. Mm-hmm. Where am I being selfish with my time? Where am I being self-centered and, and not giving my, myself to the duties that, that God's given me, you know? And, and if you look at your life and you say, you know what, I'm going home most nights and I'm kind of holed up and I'm not caring for people and whatever. Well, re- repent, yeah. right? It, look at God and his grace. He, he's not there with a whip ready to just unleash on you. Say, God, I'm sorry. 
I've been selfish even in my suffering. I'm turning back to you. Thank you that you've already forgiven me in Christ through his death and resurrection. Help me to have the right perspective in my suffering. Yeah. So. Well, Mike, we've reached the end of the resolutions on suffering. I, I mean, that, that's pretty some, That's pretty powerful. And I, I think it's incredibly timely too. I, I would, I would strongly suggest that anyone who's listening to, to this right now, like I, I, I think we've talked about it just a couple of weeks ago. But I, Go back, go back to the sermon series on the fruit of the spirit. I just see that like when you start to have anxiety, when you start to suffer, when you start to freak out and get angry, there, there's something, there's an opportunity there to repent and to grow. And I, I feel like there's, that's thematic to what Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards is, that's right. is communicating. Yeah. That's right. Mike, do you want to pray for our listeners as we, as we bring this to a close? Let's pray. Okay. Father, we come to you uh, so thankful that Christ suffered for us. He paid the ultimate price. He laid down his life, taking all of our sin upon him so that we can be made new, so we can be washed clean, so we can be adopted as your children. And so, Lord, even as your children, we, we rejoice because of Christ. And, and as your children, <clears throat> we pray that you would help us to suffer well. Lord, help us not to be self-centered and self-focused in our suffering. Instead, help us to be concerned with, um, with our duty, with our responsibilities. Help us to be concerned with what you're doing in our lives, how you're changing us and growing us, how you're teaching us to, to depend on you and to live lives of holiness and faithfulness. Lord, help us to turn away from our sin of selfishness and our sins of laziness. And instead, in, in our affliction and in our challenges and our difficulties, let us live for you and your purposes. And God, as we do this, I pray that you would give us the joy knowing that you are working in us. You are making us more and more like Christ every day. And God, we pray that you would, you would be glorified in our lives as we, as we deal with hardship. And we pray in Jesus' name, amen.